Most of the time we're happy. Sometimes we're sloppy. A lot of times we get scrappy. But today we're talking about the energy of resourcefulness. Or as we like to say, scrappy. So join us in this episode as we talk about what it takes to use the resources around you to get what you want. Hi, we're sisters Kay and Shai, and we're the hosts of the Infinite Energy Podcast. We believe that everyone has the power to live a more energized, optimistic, and fulfilling life. In every episode, we share tips and techniques for harnessing your own power and creating the life you deserve. Get ready to ignite and discover the limitless power of Infinite Infinite Energy. Thank you again for joining us today for the Infinite Energy Podcast. Today, we're talking about the energy of resourcefulness. Now, one of our favorite mentors, Tony Robbins, says that what is even more important than having resources is having resourcefulness. In fact, it's that revelation that he makes in his TED Talk that was, for me personally, so impactful early in my life. In fact, I even reference it in my TEDx talk that I got to give in 2015 because this idea of realizing that if you can just be resourceful, full enough, you can find a way to achieve what you want and accomplish something even when the odds seem impossible was revolutionary for me and really helped a big shift in my life. Now, here's the thing. It can feel often like we have completely insurmountable odds ahead of us, like there's no way to get through the challenges that we're facing. Oftentimes, it feels like maybe we're a little bit of the underdog or maybe we're the Cinderella in the Cinderella story. But guess what? Sometimes these things work to our advantage because Because when we don't have the resources, turns out we have to dig deep and become something called resourceful. I like that that you bring that up because when we are surrounded by resources, right, when we think about that, it can be easy to get comfortable. In fact, you're probably surrounded by a lot of resources that make you comfortable from the furniture in your house, quite literally, to the relationships around you that pitch into your life, to the conveniences of modern living. There's We are abundant in resources around us. And so it's easy to get comfortable in that state. But when we are in a situation where resources seem or actually are limited, certainly from a standard point of view, then we have to activate that piece inside of us that makes us look around and start being proactive about what can I use and can I do in order to move this forward. So let's take a look at that definition of the day. Here we go. So the definition of the word resourceful is a really, really good one. You ready? having the ability to find quick and clever ways to overcome difficulties. I love it. Quick and clever. Don't we love being clever, right? Doesn't that feel good when you can put something together that is nuanced, that is finessed, that is a way that can put a package or a bow on something that allows someone to see it for the gift that it is and maybe not a burden. Now, we love to do that with communication all of the time. When we do that with the activating around us, the environment in order for us to advance our causes, we really are able to live in this dimensional way where others can look at us and say, how did you do that? Or or how did you make it through? Or wow, that's just so creative. And it comes from that place of really activating and getting proactive. Now, as Shyla mentioned before, when we start to stack resources, oftentimes we can get ourselves we'll just call it what it is, a little lazy, mm-hmm. right? You sit on your butt, right? You're comfortable. You don't want to get up and go make things happen when things have already happened and feel good and, and to get yourself out there. But 
channeling the energy of resourcefulness means that even when you do have resources, you continue to stay resourceful. Now, even we've had this happen to us several times where we've gotten comfortable inside of our resources, lost the edge for resourcefulness, and then found ourselves in need of it again, having to get resourceful because that Get lack of or that addition of comfort at the expense of your growth can end up being a detriment to ultimately your success. I think when you hear a lot of successful or uber successful people talk about what it is that's defining to be truly uncommon amongst the uncommon, it's that they found a way to stay in that resourceful mode, even though their comforts and their resources continue to grow abundantly around them. And that's that competitive edge that gets them to that really extreme top level. And so I think it's worthy of just exploring what does that energy feel like in our bodies, right? What does that energy look like and how do we manage the energy of resourcefulness so that we can use it to our advantage and and like every other energy the more we use it the more we call it forward and we engage it the better we'll get at it so it starts with really looking around at what is available and listing it or finding a way creating some space in your life where you can think creatively about approaches to something that's maybe been blocking or challenging you Now, it's not your fault that you look around maybe at your life and see the things that you are missing. Your brain is designed to give you the opportunity to fill in blanks. And so it looks around you at your life and it shows you the places where it wants you to improve and wants you to fill things in. And so your brain is designed to do this. But oftentimes when we start looking around at those spaces in our life where we are are wanting to expand, we can look at and and think, well, you know, how can I or 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 I don't have the resources there or maybe I don't have enough time to be fit or I don't have enough energy to add in a hobby into my life or I can't go for that business. I, I have too much of my energy poured into this other career, right? Even though it makes my heart sing and are on fire. And so when we find ourselves in these negative states, which are totally natural, it's okay, you're a human being, resourcefulness when it can kick in, like Shyla said, from this habitual standpoint, it can pull us into a place of action. And what we know about action is that it can help us move in the direction of our dreams. One thing we also know from neuroencoding and neuroscience and all of the teachers is that when we want to be resourceful, we want to be that from, we are able to be resourceful from an activated, energetic state. So if you really are bold enough, if you are creative enough, if you are Uh, scrappy enough, right? If you are dedicated enough, if you are consistent enough, you can find a way. And that's what all great achievers will will tell you. And that's something that we will tell you as well. But from our achievements so far, some of the greatest ones have come from a place of putting up the dukes, right? (laughs) Like you're in a place where you're threatened and, and and you get that way inside, right? Where you just get foot down. Absolutely not. This is my stake in the ground and I will defend my territory. And that activates that mode inside of you that says, we'll figure it out. We will fight the fight. We will stay in the ring. And you're able to pull off some pretty amazing things when you come from that place of, oh, I'm planted and I'm here, which is that resourceful activated state. We've heard this before said in that if you want to take the island, you've got to burn, burn the, the boats, boats right? <laughs> burn the boats that took you to the island if you want.
want to be motivated enough to do that and to take out your escape hatch. Now, we're not saying don't be smart, right? It's important to have plan Bs. It's important to not put all of your eggs into one basket necessarily. But the, the point here is to give yourself the opportunity of utilizing every resource available to you to get whatever it is that you want. Now, this can mean thinking really creatively in regards to what you already have, right? In 2020, when the rug was totally pulled out from underneath us from a financial and a business standpoint, we had to get real scrappy in a lot of different ways. And one of those really small shifts we had to make was starting to realize the abundance that we did have, even if that abundance wasn't monetary, little things like the opportunity to spend time together or to eat food at our own restaurants. Right. We started looking for where is abundance expressing in our lives in different ways that we haven't been appreciating before. Now, this did this necessarily help the financial financial, not devastation, but situation that we were in? No, but it certainly helped our mental state, right? Because at the end of the day, we're all experiencing an internal state and that's what ultimately is compelling us to do and say what it is that we do. And so when we want to be in that resourceful place, we we often don't get activated until we're in a place like, Rah! right? Like in 2020, but doing that allowed us to shift that perspective. So being able to say, okay, the finances aren't great. What is great? allow that internal experience to be better, right? Because that's, again, what we want. And so doing those kinds of things in the moment are helpful and can help you manage your energy towards getting more resourceful. Ultimately, managing your energy is what the Infinite Energy Podcast is all about. The, the point here is that there are energies all around us. And when we can tap into them and utilize them, we find that emotional undercurrents, that energies in life, uh, things like resilience and resourcefulness are really uh, resources that can be harnessed in order to help us get what we want. And so resourcefulness is embracing the spirit of understanding that there is always something available for and to you when it comes to helping you get whatever it is that you desire. So if you're sold on resourcefulness and you're begging how do I activate this more inside of me? We've got good news for you. Our favorite questions for doing this are coming up in segment two. So please stay tuned because that's coming up next. Truth Talk, we're back after 31 days off social media, and this time it's been hard. It was way harder. We missed all of you. We missed scrolling. We missed all the highlights, but we're so happy to be back. We had two incredible adventures in the month of March. Now, the first one, we went out to Orlando, Florida to spend some time with our Maxwell Leadership family. 48 hours after getting home, we were on the road with all five kids, two sisters, and one car for an incredible spring break week with our parents up in Brookings, Oregon. Now, all along, we have been planning exciting events coming up here in April. We can't wait to share with you now that we are back. So be here to follow along for all things Kay and Chai. And we saw so many of you tuning into the Infinite Energy podcast while we were away, and we are so glad that you did. To all of you who do listen to the Infinite Energy podcast, thank you for being a loyal listener. For those of you who haven't tuned in yet, we hope you'll find us on your favorite podcast platform. And we're so glad to be back with all of you here on social media. See you soon and stay tuned. 
one of our proudest business accomplishments is what we've been able to do with Squeeze In Franchising. The Squeeze In is a breakfast lunch restaurant featuring the best omelets on the planet, and it's been around for almost 50 years, and now you can have a squeeze in in your community. We've seen how this business transformed our families, and now we are so excited to offer this to families around the country to see how this little restaurant might change their family and their community. If you're wondering how to set up your adult children for legacy and success through a small business, then the squeeze in is an option we urge you to consider. Come find out more about squeeze in franchising at squeezein.com. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. All right, we are back with the energy of resourcefulness. Now, let's get into a little bit of action because, heck, it can be really hard when the odds are stacked against you to find the will and even the courage to be resourceful. Right. That first part is you've got to have some kind of shred of hope, right? You have to be able to at least grab onto the hope. That's your first stepping stone. And once you've got that hope, you want to cultivate it like a little flame. You want to, you want to feed that feeling. You want to, you want to do whatever you can to make that flame bigger. Now, what we know about our brains, right, is that they're the greatest biological supercomputers in the world. And what do we know about computers? They speak in binary, which is zeros and ones. Now, our brains are actually more complicated than binary, but they love binary as well, which means your brain primarily speaks in Q's and A's. So one of the best neuro tricks you can do is to ask yourself questions because it forces your brain to answer the questions, which forces your will, your attention, your consciousness to focus on positive aspects or answers to those questions, which if you frame it right, can help you get to resourcefulness. Now, questions when done in in almost, I'm going to call, let's call it mantra. They're like mantra level. It is. When you can bring these questions in almost as a mantra to your soul, right? You are singing the cue song into your inner self and your brain is going to start giving you answers. Now, the interesting thing about the right questions is that they begin to inspire you. They inspire you not only from an emotional perspective, but they also inspire you into action and activity. And so we're going to give a few of our very favorite questions that can help, especially when it comes to harnessing the power of resourcefulness. Now, oftentimes when we are feeling like we do not have any resources, the answer and the feeling and the idea can feel like, I just don't know what to do, right? Mm -hmm. Just, well, what do I do? What do I even do? I just don't know what to do. Well, I would take action, but I just don't know what to do. I feel like this is a very pervasive feeling when we're feeling unresourceful. I think you're right. And I think it because we often get stuck in binary mode when we're thinking about our options. So we're looking at a challenge and a challenge and we're thinking this is all, all I can do is either this or that or worse. You're telling yourself, I have no option here. So the number one question that activates resourcefulness is the following. If you are a writer downer, this is your writer downer. What 
can I do? What can I do? And as Kay mentioned, when you use it like a mantra, it's going to grab that consciousness of yours and pull it in the direction of firing the neurons in your brain to answer that question. What can I do? And what can I do provides all of those options for you that you previously weren't seeing. All right. Now here's the secret and the trick to what can I do? And actually kind of like this. Oh, this is your sister warning. So we're just going to take like a quick like boop, boop, boop break to do a sister warning. When you ask the question of what can I do, there is a like 78% chance that you are not going to like the answer. A lot of times there are little things that come up. Well, what can I do? Well, I know that I can't go solve the giant world problem because and that's hurting my heart that I'm seeing in the news. But what I can do is go clean out my junk drawer in my kitchen. What I can do is go put away the laundry that I've been avoiding. What I can do is get up and go for a walk. What I can do is go spend some intentional time with my kids. What I can do is go take care of that work that I've been avoiding, right? And so this the action space can be difficult because when we start asking ourselves the question of what can I do, you're given things that likely you've been avoiding that if you were to take care of will end up freeing up your energy for more creativity, right? Your energy is getting blocked around things that you are resisting. And often those are tasks, as Kay mentioned, right? What can I do? I can answer one of my start emails, right? I could knock one of those things out. And this just activates you into some of those modes. You can also, you know, pro tip with the question, what can I do? Is that you do your best to put the energetic signature on it that doesn't come from a place of desperation, right? Because sometimes the trick with this one is you might say it like, what can I do? Right. And you don't want to bring that energetic level, even though that energetic signature with that question is more constructive and more resourceful for you than there's nothing I can do. What am monitoring? Nothing I can do. Does that set up your brain for a Q and an A? Nothing I can do. Brain says, uh, okay. No neurons to fire there. And your solution is not going to present itself to you in that state. So what can I do, especially from an empowered energetic signature state, is, again, your number one most resourceful activating question you can ask. And don't avoid the actions that it gives you, even though they're might going to be uncomfortable. Like, they probably will be uncomfortable. Half the time, I do not like the answers that come up from that question. But it, they are very impactful. And when you get that energy flowing, remember... We then get to harness it in order to use it. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. I tried. It was a was that early a, moment. Wait, like, like, do we call it? Is that like a like a snizzle? Like it's like a sneeze, but a giggle, right? She says old. And even if you notice, (laughs) I would like push my finger here. That's a trick. You can push your finger here, and you won't sneeze. But I did it, and it went away. And as soon as I brought it back, I totally sneezed. So So thanks for being there. That was adorable. (laughs) All right. Back to the show. Back to being resourceful. Thanks for following along with all of us on that little adventure. (laughs) The snizzle journey. And you know what? What I can do is give you the next question that you can ask yourself when you you need to get in a resourceful state. And that is, what do I like? What do I like is an incredible question, especially 
for a mantra type state because our brains uh, like to pull into a place that you and I are both familiar with. We like to call it judgment junction. Woo, woo. We are pulling this train into judgment junction. That is right. That is where you are sitting at the junction and you are looking out and you are judging everything else that is out there. You think that the, the colors of the walls are weird and that it smells funny in here and I don't like that person over there and this is too loud and the 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 teachers being funny and I the color of my backpack is weird today and right so we have this internal narrative that oftentimes is very judgy and so this idea of what do I like especially when it's mantra begins to propose a question to your brain that helps you to find the things around you that keeps your focus in a more positive direction Look, judgment is your default and there's nothing wrong with it. Your brain is differentiating between things that are giving you energy and things that are disattracting you. But the judgment is the default. And if you just live in that default zone, you're always going to be looking at and paying attention to the things that don't feed your energy, which means using a question like, what do I like, allows you to shift, as Kay was just saying, to that positive side of things. This is activating what your brain is already trying to do by judging things. And instead of defaulting, you're now choosing the programming that you're going to do with that already process, already present process in your brain and pointing it in the direction of resourcefulness, right? Because what do I like allows you to shift focus to the things that are feeding you energy, that are energetically calling you, that are, are out there that you want to enjoy, right? Because if you see things that you like, if you're paying attention to things you like, you know, it, it, you start to have a better internal experience and you enjoy the experience more and you see things to appreciate. And that's that's a, a, a better way to be. I think we would all agree, which means asking the question, what do I like, allows you to see solutions, allows you to have a better internal experience and allows you to be more available and open to creative options. You know, there's an image coming forward in my mind of uh, like the judge, the old school judge that holds up the number, right? And, and there's the judge that holds up the two. And then that same judge, a couple people later, holds up the 10, right? But the judge never changes. It's just what perspective that judge is looking from. And so you are the judge of your life. And whether you are looking for the twos or the tens is completely up to you. And if you find that your life is feeling more two than 10, maybe the question, what do I like, could be a helpful navigator for you. It seems so simple, but the simplicity is where its effectiveness comes into play. Because when we, like we do in neuroencoding, assassinate complexity, we're able to actually put things into action. And just monitoring this question of what do I like helps you to not only see the good around you, but then to focus on the good around you, internalize it, feel gratitude for it, and ultimately bring you more present and into the moment. Now, we said we had three questions for you. The last one will come up in our final segment. And we want to share some personal stories of times where we've had to get what we like to call scrappy. We're talking leadership this week, and one of the organizations we are so proud to be at the helm of is the Neuroencoding Institute. We got to co-found the Neuroencoding Institute alongside Dr. Joseph McClendon III, amazing, world-renowned neuropsychologist and incredible mentor and teacher. If you're at all interested in learning more about what the Neuroencoding Institute does and what it can do for you, please visit neuroencoding.com. 
You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. Now, in that last segment, you got the number one question to activate resourcefulness. That's what can I do? We also gave you a number two question, which is what do I like? And when we talked about what do I like, we wanted to just share a quick confession session with you because as we talked about judgment junction, we have pulled into that station many times. So many times. Have found ourselves there many times. Still do. And when we equipped ourselves with, with this question, it's actually a set of questions coming up next week in the energy of fear make sure you're tuned in for that one to hear it but we found ourselves in environments where maybe we had i don't want to call it expertise but a lot of experience and and had developed preferences right and and i'm talking about events right like Kay and i love events we attend events we put on events we love events so we found ourselves at, at, at an event and we got we pulled into judgment junkman station and we were saying oh the av is weird the audio visual and oh it's a little cold in here and oh, the agenda. And we had that moment. Thank goodness we interrupted that pattern. And we asked ourselves the question, what do I like? Uh, I liked the, the food was really beautiful this morning. It was a beautiful spread. What do I like? This venue is amazing. What do I like? The organizers have been fantastic. What do I like? Some of the speeches have had really uh, incredible impact. And all of a sudden we were shifted into this more positive, resourceful state. And so when you find yourself in that judgment junction allow yourself to especially ask that question because it just it makes that internal experience better and it makes more resourceful what do i like is such a powerful uh, option for you to choose especially when you find yourself getting into an unresourceful state so the third question to help bring about your resourcefulness is a wonderful question and this is right out of joseph mcclendon the third's work now many of you know that we are the co-founders of the neuro and co Institute right alongside Joseph McClendon III. He has a doctorate in neuropsychology and has been an ultimate performance coach for the last 30 years. Now, Joseph's cornerstone question for his method of neuroencoding is the question, what do you want? But when we are proposing questions to ourselves, especially if we're utilizing them as a mantra, putting them in the I form allows the brain to answer the question for yourself. So the final question when it comes to generating resourcefulness is the question, what do I want? This is such a impactful question. Do not let its simplicity fool you. There's a reason that it's the doctorate of neuropsychology's number one question. You can't not answer it if you are going to sit with him and pay the, oh yes, $350,000 a year to have him coach you once a month, one-on-one. If you don't want to pay that, (laughs) right, you can just uh, listen to us now tell you that number one question is what? What do you want? You've got to answer it and you've got to answer it in detail. So take that trick for yourself and, and mantra it. What do I want? What do I want? Most of us are more comfortable saying what we don't want. Most of us, in fact, will default to answering the question, what do I want with what don't I want? Well, I just don't want to feel sad anymore. That's not an answer to what do you want, right? You can frame that in the positive. I want to feel joyful, playful, and light 
all the, the most of the time, right? That's a positive reframe on that. But catch yourself if you start answering that in the negative, because most of us will do that by default and think you're saying what you want. Now, there is no resourcefulness switch. There's not any gene that creates resourcefulness inside one person and not inside another. It really comes down to the building of the habits, of the thinking habits, especially the ones that generate questions like these in your brain. Because when we can default to positive questions versus states of what we don't want, what we don't like, and what we can't do, we end up allowing ourselves to be open to the endless possibilities that are in front of us and to kind of pluck creatively from the tree of life as we move forward. This is what the essence of resourcefulness is all about. It's understanding that you're always resourced. It's never having the fear that there aren't enough resources because you understand that as long as you have resourcefulness, you will always be resourced. I know I just used the same word in like four different ways, but I promise it makes sense if you go through it. And utilizing these questions to strengthen those thinking habits is a way that you can really make a difference in shifting maybe the state for yourself and hopefully gaining more momentum toward getting what you want. I love that imagery of, of being able to pluck those options, creative options off of that tree of opportunity that is available to all of us, especially, right? You kind of think about the different states that you can embody, the different energies that you can have, allow you to have different places around the tree, right? Sometimes it's about determination and full charge energy. Sometimes it's about reflection and thoughtful uh, decision making, right? Sometimes it's about getting really playful. Sometimes it's about asking everyone you know if they can help. Those are all different energies that put you in different places on that tree and allow you to pluck different fruits. So I love that. And we can tell you because from experience, I think we've plucked from every piece of that tree. Oh, man. <laughs> at least from as every energetic signature. Sometimes they don't taste good. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Right? Sometimes you pluck the wrong fruit and you fall on your face. But you know what? You still get up. You dust yourself off. and You, know, you have the energy of, I got this. And you keep going. Right? And so uh, you keep plucking and you keep plucking fruits. And we've done that quite often in our businesses and lives. Just keep on plucking. Well, one time where we plucked from the tree of creativity was actually a time where we witnessed a response to a situation and we said, oh, we don't want that. And by asking these resourceful questions, we were able to find a way of responding to a situation that we did want. So imagine, if you will, you're a restaurant owner and it is early summer 2021. If you can put yourself back in that time, you'll remember that this is, for the most part, when the country lifted restrictions. We could now go to full service. We were back and it felt like pandemic is over. Now, we got good at being scrappy through the pandemic. If you're a listener, you know, you've, you've heard us talk about some of those early days in the pandemic, but we want to take you to a time where we had to get resourceful once again in a time we weren't expecting. The pandemic was at first, of course, a punch, but then you got kind of used to it and we got in that mode of being ready for it. When, they, when we found ourselves in summer 2021, as those restrictions lifted, as everybody celebrated back to normal life, what wasn't normal at all 
all was the fact that we were losing staff left and right. We couldn't keep anyone. We were overwhelmed with the amount of guests and the, and the lifted restrictions, but still high sanitary safety expectations. And we found ourselves drowning just like every other small business in the labor crisis. Well, there weren't enough people to go around and laborers had been off for so long that the training gap was very large to fill. And so many businesses out there reacted in ways that we weren't very aligned with. There were businesses out there blaming others or finding outside circumstances like the government or the workers themselves saying that it was their fault and not taking any form of responsibility or asking for help. No, we took a little bit of a different approach, right? So we saw something we didn't like, right? We All of us are getting squeezed. Ah! We see some other businesses acting in a way that we don't like and we go, ooh, we don't like that, right? We pull up in a judgment junction. We're holding up our twos. We're like, boo, that is not a good way to act about this. And so then we shift, right? We get into our resourceful questions. We say, okay, well, what can we do? And what do we like? Well, we do like, I'm shifting. This is me shifting a gear. I know that it happens on this side, but that's what's going on here. So we're shifting our gears into what do I like? Well, I do like responding to things with grace. Well, what can I do? What I can do is ask my community and use my following, our following for help in order to maybe solve the problem from a space of gracefulness instead of a place of grimace, right? What do I like? I like my current staff. I like who they are and I want to keep them. What can we do? Can we put our own restrictions back on ourselves so that it saves our staff? What, you know, how do we approach this in a way where everybody wins? You ask yourself those empowering questions. You say, I see what I don't like, right? We're in judgment junction. What's a two? Okay, so what's a 10, right? You want to know what the two is and then you get away from the two as fast as possible and you see where's my 10 and that's where you should you ask those empowering questions you give the brain the cue so it will give you the a and so as we're asking these this kind of plan formulates that we're going to craft this message to the community that is going to be a little bit of a declaration of the line in the sand on behalf of our staff that we're going to protect their mental health because they were crumbling under the pressure of this combined labor crisis and this surge in volume of guests who wanted to, right? Yeah, it's for free. We're free, and but, but we're back to 100% and our training isn't there. And, and so their mental health is suffering. So we come out with this declaration of our line in the sand that we're going to protect the mental health of our associates. And we are going to put restrictions on ourselves back down to 50% with limited to go and limited so that the guests we were serving were having the experience that they expect from our establishment and that our staff were able to live or to work in an environment where their mental health was, was protected and they wanted to stay on board. And then we asked for the community's grace and understanding in this. And if they knew anybody, anybody, anybody looking for a job that they would please send them our way. And in the meantime, we thank them for their understanding. And we hoped that this would at least allow us to position ourselves in a way that weathered the blows, but we weren't expecting what really came about from a post like that. The outpouring of response that came forward resulted in hundreds of applications 
in people from from our grandmas to our aunts to our community friends and family being willing to pour coffee to bus tables to do what it took to keep the doors of the restaurants open and this was such a beautiful display of uh, of this reciprocation from our family and from our community uh, it was just so touching and so moving ultimately we were able to fill our staffs to get through the summer and we have been able to weather the labor crisis storm that is continuing to affect businesses today largely in part of that focus of what do we want what do we like we like our staff we want everyone to stay protected we want what's best for everyone and the focus on these questions allowed us to stay in that space of creativity to stay in the space of resourcefulness and ultimately come out the other side with the resources we were looking for now this comes at you as always with so much love from your sisters Kay and Shai. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.